0: You are listening to the Break Free from Your Monkey Mind podcast, where you will be introduced to various techniques, ideas, and guests, providing you with ways to improve your mental health and help you take the first step towards your goals and aspirations. Let us inspire you today to learn, grow, and succeed. Here's your host, Tony Gordon. morning, afternoon or evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world when you're listening. Thank you very much for joining me again. So welcome to series one, episode five. Now I have more coaching and hypnotherapy practice and something I hear a lot is I've been diagnosed with stress and won't help. So therefore today I'll be looking at stress and we'll discuss some ways that can help to alleviate or at least reduce it for you. So let's start by trying to understand what stress is. So if you looked it up in a dictionary for example, it would state something like a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or demanding circumstances. Basically, if you think about it, stress was in ancient times, probably go back to caveman times, stress would have been a way for them to be alerted by danger. So if they heard noises, or they just got a feeling, it could be like if there was a dinosaur or something nearby. Nowadays, if we feel stress, we still get that same physical response as adrenaline and cortisol build up. But as there are not many dinosaurs around, obviously, we seem to find a multitude of things to get stressed about. But let's just clear up a myth. You don't get a medical diagnosis of stress as a mental health illness. However, people seem to think they do. Maybe by doing what's a bill called Dr. Google, as they go onto the internet and they look things up, certain symptoms, and they're thinking, oh, that's what I've got. Or they may speak to a GP and they may tell them, yeah, that they're stressed and they may give them something for it. It isn't actually a medical health, a mental health sort of illness. However, it is linked to your mental health in a couple of ways. One of those would be it can cause mental health problems rather than illness but it can also make existing problems worse. What this can mean is that if you keep struggling with stress for a period of time, that can lead to what is a medical diagnosis of mental health issues, which could be anxiety or depression, which in the first instance is always better to speak to a doctor or a specialist about that, just to see where you're actually at and what they want you to do. It doesn't mean though that's the only option. Now, that is simply, Put it stresses the body's reaction to what it perceives as a threat as we said in the case of the dinosaur whereas anxiety is the body's reaction to the stress so the the anxiety is the medical disorder, that's the mental illness but the stress is what causes that anxiety if it keeps being allowed to build up Now those two diagnoses we mentioned about anxiety and depression we will look at in another episode However, for now, what I would like to do is just to stick with stress, as that's the most common thing that people are mentioned to me at the moment. And if we understand this better, and we can find ways to deal, or at least minimize it, then it should prevent more people from being diagnosed with either anxiety or depression, and be put onto tablets of one form or another, and a lot of times to be left on them for occasions, for years. But also if you can relieve that stress, it can help to reduce things for the NHS as well. Because it helps people having to go to A and E that when they feel that bad at night, the GP studies aren't opened, they're going there just to get some of that. If we can prevent that, it relieves a lot of stress all around. But taking that into consideration, COVID has been affecting everyone's life to some degree over the last fourteen months or so. And whether we like to admit it or not. Most of us will feel some sort of stress on a daily basis, or we have done, but we just get on with it. However, we know that currently, our way of dealing with it may not have been the usual way that we would have done prior to COVID. And in these unprecedented times, it is due to the, the lockdown being in place where people weren't able to get out much, not seeing family and friends, it has meant it's been difficult for people. And usually, you would have just went before going to the doctor's surgery, explained the something like that wrong with you. You get a prescription, and you went on your way. Now we're starting to ease slightly from the lockdown now, and it's still there for people. This we can see maybe family now. We've not done it well. That will be good, and that's one way of helping with it. But for some people, that's actually an issue in itself because of everything that's happened over the last year, maybe everything they've heard over the last year that there's a weariness though, a fear factor of coming out of lockdown for some people. Now, I'm not saying that we got to your GP and getting the prescription. It happened every case. However, I think we all know that it, it was a fair few times. So now looking at things for people, there's different ways the stress is impacting them. And stress can come at any time at all, but it manifests itself in totally different ways for different people. What I mean by that is that some people think it's one big thing that happens to them and that causes the stress. But it doesn't always have to be that one thing that stands out. It can be more like a, a combination of little things that build up. These are some of the things I've heard people say. It's like the kids screaming or running around inside the house or even outside you can hear them. The animals playing up, crying. Uh, maybe it's a, the dog wanting to get fed or walked. it was the cats wanting something it just depends on what you've got with animal but even that can be something but it's anything that's outside your control may even be the one person that you love more than anything but they can say something in a certain way but you take it in another way and there's so many things that can be but that's just a gesture i mean it it it, it does affect people and it affects them badly in some ways for example some people just go red they just get annoyed and you feel that like an anger rage building up inside. But some get that angry feeling and it makes them just want to you know what it's like, shout out, please stop stuffing stop out, I want peace, I want I'm sick of this. They're the most common things you hear people saying. But sometimes it's just because of the fact you start sweating as well. But that could be hot or cold at the same time. I know it sounds weird, but you ever know that feeling you get when it's like something's around on your back, you can feel it. That can be really starting to build up with this. For me, it's what I mentioned previously in one of these episodes. Mind is more prevalent when the pain increases. So, like first thing in the morning or when my illness plays up, and there's, I just get the feeling that there's nothing that I can do about it. And at that moment, that's when the stress levels rise because I feel that I can't be helped. At least that is how I used to feel. That was the way that I thought I had to find coping mechanisms, how to deal with that. But it's not always that way. Some ways of looking after yourself or getting support might not be possible to feel realistic during the pandemic. But as we start easing, now it's about looking at different things. So for example, exercise. We keep hearing this. Uh, You don't have to go to a gym. Look at people over the last year what they've managed to achieve just by in their own house or their own garden or even walking. Exercise is one of the most important things that we can do as humans to combat stress. That can take the form of walking the dog, maybe just going to a park, walk along a beach, whatever you like. Other things could be yoga, tai chi, zumba, none of them over. The zumba maybe can maybe just get your bluffing a bit more. You don't have to do over energetic things, but all of which can be done either by signing up to classes or for free if you just look at YouTube videos and just do it yourself at home. Can that get you spurred on? Do it with friends. Even for those who are not mobile or have any reason, whatever reason they cannot walk or move about much. There are ones you can actually get now completed with someone sitting in a chair so that it makes you feel more included, but it's still stimulating the rest of your body, getting your heart rate up for that little bit of time and that does make you feel a lot better. Another simple one is, what do we normally look at? First thing in the morning people go for to get them ready for the day, a coffee. A tea, whatever, your drink in the morning gets you going. But that caffeine is a stimulant and it's found in coffee, tea, chocolate and special energy drinks. So if we try and reduce caffeine, no, I'm not saying you have to all stop, but just even reduce it. Because people have different thresholds for how much caffeine they can actually tolerate. So try and manage that. I'm not saying stop as I said, but minimise the amount. I personally go for drink drinking green teas normally in the morning, sometimes in the evening, and I only drink decaffeinated coffee now, but give it a go, and you may actually be surprised, you may actually like these other ones, but don't stop having they say 80-20, as people say, might be a good percentage, 80% of the time, try something like this, the other 20%, have whatever you want, because you don't want to reduce everything totally, or do away with it, because there's no incentive for you, so think of that when you're doing it. Someone that I did some coaching with recently, we worked together and uh, some coaching practice, and he mentioned a really good thing that he's been doing. I hope he doesn't mention Mary, but Stevie's name was. Uh, he's got his own business as well, um, Human Practical Therapy, if you want to go and look him up. But he mentioned a good thing to me about journaling. Um, and you don't even need a journal or a diary, you just use a Word on a computer and just keep it in a separate folder. But journaling serves as an escape, uh, an emotional release of all the negative thoughts and feelings that go through your head. It can boost your mood, uh, it can affect you in how you're feeling, it can enhance your sense of well-being, and sometimes you can even just use it as a brain dump. What that means is, get every thought of your head on a page, everything, let it come out, and it reduces them from being in. Sometimes if you take things out, it helps to clear your head a little bit, a bit like we do with emails and that brings on to me to a great one a study found recently that one in three office workers suffers from email stress now that seems amazing because email is meant to make things easier for us but so many people work from home as well this is still an issue for them so make a decision the first time you open an email it is crucial that you get that decision correct for good time management but also to reduce your stress and a practical way you can do that's called the four d's i don't know if everybody knows that first one is delete. You can probably delete half the emails you get immediately. How many are duplicated? Maybe you've signed up to different things, but you've done different emails they come through, or from different people, send you something that they've seen, or posts on social media that come through. They say, oh, you need to get an email, need to look at this. Do that. If you can get rid of half of them right away, that's a great start. What you can do is if the email is urgent or can be completed quickly. So do as do them now. Do the ones you know that are prioritised, that have to be done at that point. Delegate. Another day. If the email can be dealt better with someone else, why are you doing it? Why are you trying to do something when you know, wait a minute, actually, although I could do this for this person, this other one would be better at it. Just put them in, like them into the email, send it to them, say, look, I would be the listener at the moment, I appreciate you are better, you've got a better understanding of this sitting subject, could you follow up with us please? And let them deal with it. And the last D would be defer. What you can set aside for later to spend on emails that will take longer to deal with. So if you know someone's going to take so much time that morning and you know you've got meets of things coming up, you don't want to do something half heartedly. So just put it aside. Put a little note on it, put a reminder of yourself, got to deal with that later. That's the four Ds delete, do, delegate, and defer. Another thing to help with stress, you sense a smell. It's part of what's called the olfactory system and it's one of the most powerful channels into the body. So try something, if you want, maybe treat yourself. Go to a spa thing or go and see an aromatherapist. Get advice on them of what they can do to help. Even simple things like lighting a candle. They can actually help people using essential oils, burning scented candles. It may help reduce your feelings of stress. Just starts to nip it in the bud just before it begins to manifest. Into that anxiety. Another one is just five and page probably who say, "No, me, my favourite one would be listening to music." and uh, If you ever see me, I've normally got a set of headphones stuck in, or even before I go to bed, I've got headphones in. I've got them in now, doing this. I have them all the time, and every opportunity I get, I'm listening to music. That feeling you get when a song that matters to you most comes on—it's your body's release system to work. It just balances out the stress responses your body has by lowering the levels of the hormone, we mentioned earlier, cortisol, as well as your blood sugar. And as a result, you start to feel more calm and more relaxed almost instantly. Even if you think of it, it can be a loud type of music, anything, whatever it suits you, any type of music at all can get the job done. So just pick whatever you're in the mood for at that time. You might not want the same music all the time, but just please do one thing for me. Be sure to do it with the right intention. Okay? It's there to try and help you for the purpose of relaxation. As opposed to putting it on in the background. That doesn't yield the same benefit. But if you put it on for the right reason and you intend to put it on, and want you to relax. I've picked the right music for that. Sit back and just listen to it. I would probably get a good book at the same time. I'd music on, have a book and just let yourself drift away. You're going to a little trance at that time when... Nothing roundabout about really matters. It's just that, and that lowers your feeling completely. As you may have noticed on the last few episodes of this podcast, there's a common feature, and that is around breathing. So simple, isn't it? It's a simple concept that we all take for granted. We do not think, I need to breathe, we just do. It's something we do automatically. We don't think, I need to stop breathing now. Hopefully you don't, if you kept wrong for too long. wouldn't be good. But how do we do it? We just do breathing but there are certain ways you can do it that can have different effects on us. So, mental stress activates your sympathetic nervous system. It signals your body go to to give fight or flight mode really. So we've all heard this but basically, what I mean by that is, we make a decision to face something or run from it. Both can have the same positive intention. That can be just to keep us safe but different people react in different ways. And during this reaction, the stress hormones are released. You experience physical symptoms such as a faster heartbeat, maybe quicker breathing, and constricted blood vessels. So deep breathing exercises can help to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which controls what we call the relaxation response. Even some simple, like, I'll give you an idea one here, but through it because you've been through them in the last few sessions. But if you just tap yourself down and just close your eyes and just let yourself relax in the chair you're in, just to feel that bit more relaxed. Just take a few deep breaths. But take those breaths right from the base of your stomach. And when you do that, you fill yourself with that air. You're releasing all the tension out of your body. So as you do that, just focus on what is called a five count breath. So it won't do it now, but it's something you can do on your own. That five count breath is one. Slowly inhale from the belly. Just so say right from the base if you can. Right. You think about from your belly button upwards. You try to take all that air out, release all that tension. You'll feel it go up. So two it would be as it goes into your ribs. Three as it goes into your chest. Four as on your head, just straight to the crown. And five, you just gently hold the breath for that fifth count. So just for a second or two. Then reverse that process. So as you exhale out, for another count of five, you're exhaling down the way. So you exhale from the crown of your head as it goes through your chest, through your ribs, back into your belly. Just pause on that last breath as it comes out and then begin again. Do this a few times. As you do it, try and visualise that tension leaving your body. Just think of it as something that's pushing down from the top. Like you see sometimes on programs or TV, like a scanner, you see these scans that scan your body and it starts your head and you see it moving down. Or you could imagine like a waterfall coming down from the top of your head, and as it goes down, the water pushes and pushes down, goes through your whole body. As that pushes down, it's clearing away all the little blockages, all the little things that you've got from t- stress, tension in your body, and it's literally just draining it right through your body. So sit through your chest, through your stomach, right through your legs, out through your toes. And as you escape your body with every breath, it's simply melting away all those feelings. So concentrating your breath while you're imagining releasing your stress and tension. And it helps to give you something to focus on while you keep reaping the potent and benefit of deep breaths. So it's something just to try on your own. Try the five count. You can get loads of different ways of doing it. What I've just gave you is just a few examples of how you can help yourself to keep stress at bay or to at least reduce it. Now know a lot of people say a lot of this is common sense and it is common sense but if it is common sense why are we not doing it? Something that's common means that most people will but we don't. We don't take the time to do it and I'm not saying do every one of them. Pick what's best for you but pick a couple of them. It may be that you want to do the breathing and when you've done the breathing all the tensions out you can write everything down or the opposite way journal and then do your breathing. So your journal is clear everything out your head and then any stress that's left, you use your five count breathing exercise to get rid of. Pick whatever's better for you. Okay, that's the best way that I can put it. Now I mentioned the there I have my own coaching hypnotherapy practice. And through that I use hypnosis and I will work with clients to help alleviate what is causing the stress for them. Hypnosis uses imagery. As people say a picture is worth a thousand words. This speaks, and the saying speaks, power of imagery and imagination, but also uses sounds and healing because different people learn in different ways. They're not all visual, they can be auditory, it can be what we call kinesthetic. That means more feelings, emotions, but they all, everybody's got their own learning style. So we'd use all of that to help that person. Some examples are you can use hypnosis to reduce the level of stress before it gets to being anxious you feel when you encounter situations that normally trigger stress as well, such as intimidating social situations, it can help with that. In this vein, you can also effectively use hypnosis to help overcome any negative habits you've been using to cope with the stress. So, for example, people use smoking, drinking, compulsive eating, and that can have a secondary benefit. If we get rid of them, you have a better standard of life, you feel better, you can probably breathe a lot better, and without the compulsive eating, maybe even help if need be, is to lower um, your weight, help then again to get you more exercise and feeling better. If anyone would like to discuss this further with me personally, or just to get more information, just check out my website. It's www.changingyourmindlimited.com So it's www.changingyourmind, and the limited is LTD. So ltd.com, or just email me, Tony Gordon at changingyourmindltd.com well that's all for today. Thank you for tuning in and please join me next week where I'll be joined by a holistic therapist who can explain how the ones that you've looked at profile like uh, modalities like EFT, meditation, mindfulness are great for getting results but sometimes it can be a combination of each of them that you need to actually improve. So join me next Tuesday to find a bit more about that and how that can work for you. Bye for now and have a great week everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for more great conversation, valuable tips and positive ideas, allowing you to take your first step towards learning, growing and succeeding.